Now, our good colleague Fred Brain has been on the program and he grew up on a farm outside Wagga, which was a family with a strong link to Holden cars. Hey, Fred, when did you get television in your place on the farm? I think it was around about 1969. And who won Bathurst that year? Ah, well, of course, that was Colin Bond in a Monaro. And what sort of car do you race now? (laughs) Well, of course, a Monaro. (laughs) (laughs) What else? (laughs) Uh, I just like to understand patterns uh, and what they lead to. The family (laughs) did have a number of Holdens, didn't they? Yes, yeah, no, I think we're a Holden family along the way, basically. Was that uh, very strong in Wagga? Was there a division of Holden and Ford? Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, there were, there were Holden people, Ford people, then you had a few Valiant or Chrysler people and then weird people that had English cars as well. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the minority, of course. You're talking about my heritage there. Are you... uh, oh. Sorry, I'm sorry, well, in the country, I mean, I mean, in the city, probably normal. <laughs> I think there was a 1950 FJ sedan as part of your family. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, the first one I, uh, I remember being in along mm. the way, the old FJ. Mm. Now, you moved on to a number of things, including a 64EH special, I might put out. Uh, now, uh, we've, yes. we've talked about these. They, they were the 179, weren't they? Uh, yes, that one was. I think they had a 149, but the big power one was the 179. With the special badge on the back. Yeah, yeah. Although ours wouldn't have been an S4, which was the one that Gen- General Motors made for racing somewhere along the way. Yeah, they tried to do Bathurst, didn't they? But it- yes. That was the early attempts at Bathurst before the V8s came along. It was a time you then went to the 69 HT Kingswood. That also had a, a pretty good six-cylinder in it, didn't it? Uh, well, it, it was up to the 186. And it was still a three-speed manual, which was kind of OK. It was still still no ball of fire, I, I might add. And but V8 I thought they probably... Better got a little bit blander really and that you had a 72 hq i presume what sort of six-cylinder engine did that have yeah well that was just the uh, the next size up which was the 202 but then it had the uh, that one had the automatic the, the three-speed automatic behind it so uh, that kind of was fairly sluggish it went okay but uh, yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't call the rocket your family went to the brotherhood with a Lexan, which had a Toyota badge, but what was it underneath? Uh, yeah, well, that, that was uh, that was when Toyota and General Motors had the uh, had the model sharing agreement. So that was a uh, Commodore, about a 1992 model uh, VR, I think Commodore. But that had the um, that had the V6. The Bu- I think it was a Buick V6 in it. Okay. Uh, but that uh, that was a pretty good car, actually, I must say. Hmm. Uh, the uh, the point is, you you not only well, you, your first Monaro, you didn't race that, did you? That's still in original condition. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I didn't actually race it as such, but I did do a few lap dashes and hill climbs with it along oh. the way. I so, did. Uh, do you remember? 
remember the old Amaru Dirt Circuit and the Amaru Hill Climb? Yeah. Um, I did both of those. It still had the scars from um, hitting a dirt bank on the Amaru Dirt Circuit. <laughs> which I so to fix the scars from that. You bought an original 350. What did you do with it after you drove it for a bit? Uh, well, then it got parked. It was starting to... Uh, starting to rust away a bit too much and then uh, uh, I kind of moved on a bit and um, parked it on the uncle's farm with a view to restoring it in the not too distant future. What year was that? (laughs) Uh, I think that was about 19, uh, probably about 1986 or 87 actually. How's the restoration going? Oh well it's still awaiting (laughs) a certain amount of work. (laughs) It's getting there. It's getting there. (laughs) Slowly. (laughs) <laughs> so you still have it in a shed, but you then built up another Monaro three fifty for racing, didn't you? Yes, yes. Uh, Twenty years ago, when you could buy a Monaro still fairly cheaply, I bought a uh, six-cylinder one from that era for a nineteen seventy model, and um, just transplanted all the the better parts into it: the uh, three fifty V eight and four-speed manual, um, and went racing in it which has been a lot of fun i must say it's 20 years ago it is that's right because we we did as you recall the east coast classic tarmac rally that was 2002 oh good grief (laughs) i i remember doing that i remember talking to brocky before we did that saying we were going out in a monaro and i said have you got any advice and he said, well, they handle quite well, uh, but put the brakes on early and often. The, <laughs> the brakes were not its strongest point. <laughs> no, that's true enough. Quite true. Now that, now that they're scrapping the name Holden, is your Monaro's worth more money? Uh, an interesting point. I'm not too sure whether, whether it helps or hinders or doesn't make any difference these days, mm. uh, given the Given they've rocketed up in value in the last sort of 10 to 15 years anyway, um, you, you kind of wonder whether whether the fact that they stopped making Holdens in Australia, whether that was kind of the, the main, the main um, what would you call, driver of the prices. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're pulling out of Australia, whether that makes a difference now or not, I really don't know, actually. I would presume the badge with Holden on it would now become a little more desirable yeah probably true I suppose that's true because when you when you start looking 10 years down the track there'd be less and less of those badges on the road anyway as Mm. the normal road cars kind of disappear Um, so it'll actually be be quite a novelty to see one that's true enough the price of those Monaros did go up significantly. Does that put pressure on you, not from your own desires, but perhaps from someone else? Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My other half. No, no, I don't, I don't sort of let on how much they might be worth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's also something that gets you out of the house. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. I think so. He probably looks on that, that as being a positive. <laughs> Do you remember when we were in the East Coast Classic, we took the Monaro around? I think, where was it, Oberon? 
where yeah. the local Catholic priest came out and blessed the car. Thank heavens he wasn't a Ford follower, otherwise he would have had to do an exorcism. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, yeah. That was, uh, that was quite a moment, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> and there was that little kid. Do you remember the teenager came up to you and said, boy, that's an old car? Uh, I've never seen one of them. And you said, well, it was it was built well before you were born. And he said, oh, gee, I was 15. I'm, I'm 15. <laughs> That's right. And I think it was 30, you know, 30 years old at that yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I do recall that too. Yeah, how could anything be that old? <laughs> and then there was the rather... Um, how can I say this delicately? Uh, there was a lady of full of figure who came out with a T-shirt on, oh, which had the yeah. Monaro on the front of it, and <laughs> um, she, uh, you know, she had been around at the same time. So I, I, I put a chronologically put that in context, but she had the Monaro T-shirt and she kept it all that while. Do you still get people talking to you when you drive it around today? Uh, well, funnily enough, yes. In fact, I've, I've been out in it today because I needed to get it re-registered. Um, and I was filling up with fuel and uh, a lady said to me, a lady probably from our era, she said to me, is that a bit lower than they were originally? <laughs> and uh, I was talking to her briefly about it. I said, well, yes. Um, and I said, do you remember them when they came out originally? I, I figured she... I would, wouldn't have been insulting her by uh, suggesting she was of that age. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, I remember them. Yep, but there won't be any more of them now. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting, I thought. I always think that it's best to sort of couch those conversations by saying perhaps your parents might remember them. <laughs> well, there was a younger... Uh, I mean, this is a few days ago. I was talking to a young fellow... Um, who was probably only in his early 20s, who was from England. And he, he was looking at it saying, what sort of car is that? And he was actually driving a latter-day Holden. Ah. But he wasn't aware of the old Monaros. Um, well, so. You see, there's none of the uh, faith of uh, current ownership, really, is there? That uh, it's to heck with the history it's far too much of what does it mean in the present. You've, your first car wasn't a Holden. Well, no. I, I mean, it was actually a uh, Toyota Corona, which I'm, I'm assuming is probably not related to the current virus out there, but you never know. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it was a disease of wanting boring-looking <laughs> but well-made old cars, wasn't it? <laughs> You stayed with the Japanese when you started rallying. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, we, as, as a lot of us have had the, uh, the good old Datsun 1600. Yeah, yeah, and then you went to a Valiant Pacer two-door. Why, Fred? Why? <laughs> well, you've got to experience different things in your life. So, I mean, I didn't have a Valiant before. I'll, I'll... I'll go back to my point. Why, Fred? Why? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a fair, fair question. 
which maybe maybe I really can't answer that one. Ah, no. Well, it was different. You're, you're quite right. It was, it was a, yeah. a, a broader experience. It was one of not just sticking to the notion of uh, one brand of car, yet the fact that you started by the first Bathurst race being captivated by a particular brand and type of car is a suggestion, isn't it, that while you might race on Sunday but not sell on Monday, you might still sell a bit later on. I remember your father and his brother sitting in that Monaro you bought on the farm just having a bit of a chat while they talked about, I suppose, you and the car and perhaps a little reflection of their own youth. Yeah, yeah, no, it would have been good to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. <laughs> Your ears may have been burning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine what they might have been saying, but, um, yeah, hopefully it was something positive. <laughs> Your father was not exceptionally tall, and I remember him sort of sitting there and almost stretching you know because the seat was fairly low and you're you're a bit tall well you are a tall lad uh so he he looked almost impish in there as he as he spoke about that how did your mother respond um i think mum thought it wasn't wasn't too bad she she never really passed any comment on it but she never said anything um, detrimental about my uh, fiddling around with the cars maybe she thought it was uh, a good occupation to play around with perhaps but then she uh, i remember her once saying that uh, from her father's point of view that in his early days they'd have the old motorbikes because he used to ride a motorbike when he was when he was young and they'd be trying to squeeze 70 mile an hour out of the old motorbike <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was a bit hypocritical of him being particularly critical of uh, of uh, people hooning son. around in later days yeah mm. <laughs> I, I, knowing your mother well, I, I presume she would have uh, gone off and just made another meal for something for us all to eat. Uh, yes, good chance. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> all right, Fred, thank you very much for your time and keep racing that Monaro. We've done a video on your efforts down recently at Phillip Island and uh, where you got uh, best in show, wasn't it? It was... Um... Yeah, yeah, lucky, lucky they weren't looking too closely is all I can say, but hey, <laughs> I suppose the uniqueness of it being a Monaro these days I think was probably a, 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 one, of, one of the reasons there. Why is it that the Mustangs are always quicker? Um, yeah, well, maybe, maybe they've got more money, or maybe they're better drivers. <laughs> There's also a question of weight, isn't there? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of the early, particularly the early Mustangs are, uh, are actually quite light. So, uh, and I think the Ford engines, the, the the good old Boss 302 Ford engine, you can uh, make those hang together pretty well. Mm. Um, so uh, I think there's probably a few reasons there. <laughs> All right, mate. Good to talk to you. Keep keep up the good work. Okay, no worries. Thanks for that. See you, Fred. And that's Fred Brain, who races a 350 Monaro from the 69-70 era when they won Bathurst. That was the second time a Monaro won Bathurst. And, of course, it was a glorious time, which led ultimately to Peter Brock driving 